Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Anyways, welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron DeMaster. I'm the pastor here. Uh, you're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our goal here is to do what any good Christian church should do, which is help you connect with God in a worshipful way, in a meaningful way, and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style may just be a bit different than what maybe you're used to or other churches you've been to, but I want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously, and we want to help you take your next step each week you are here. Today, we're continuing a new series uh, on prayer, and it's called Teach Us to Pray. Uh, this is actually a direct quote from Jesus' disciples in Luke 11.1. 1, they say this, Lord, teach us to pray. They're saying this to Jesus. This is after the followers of Jesus. They've seen Jesus have this vibrant, prioritized life, said, I'm praying to God the Father. One that they see heals people, one that they see directs Jesus' life, moves Jesus to doing miraculous things, and moves him to expanding God's kingdom. And the disciples, they're seeing him do all of these things, and they're like, I feel like we're missing something here. I feel like we're not getting anywhere even close to what you're doing. We want all those things you're doing. We don't have what you have, Jesus. Teach us. We want what you have going on. Have you ever felt that way before about your own prayer life? Like, hey, I hear, I read, I see uh, about how prayer should be this vibrant, fulfilling, powerful thing, yet I'm not experiencing it that way. In this four-week series, like, we've started this journey to kind of help us experience prayer and how it should be. Help us uh, go on this journey and learn what prayer is, how to pray, and how to harness its power and possibilities. Last week, uh, we looked at what and the how to, prayer, uh, to pray, and we focused on the Lord's Prayer, like, which is Jesus' response to actually the the question the disciples ask. And, they, and what we saw is the Lord's Prayer, we learned that there's a bunch, of, a bunch of different categories of how to pray. Praise, alignment with what God wants, needs, forgive and be forgiven in our prayers, and then direction. So that was last week. Check that out. It's on our YouTube page. You can get caught up on that. This week, we're looking at a specific prayer that will help you learn how to listen and experience a prayerful response from God in directing your life. Next week, we're going to be talking about the upper room, which is this time and place where Jesus' disciples, they literally pray together in an upper room. You know, like literally, it's not, not that special, but it's literally an upper room. They pray together as a group, and then after they're done praying, they're able to reach thousands and thousands of people. We're going to talk about how we can create our own upper rooms with different groups of people as a church, with family, with, with a business, with schools, wherever, and tap into that same power that could reach thousands. And then finally, we're going to talk about what prayer looks like that has God's full backing, prayer that is producing the miraculous. Uh, it's a series that, honestly, I've been super excited about, and I hope there are still some people out there with me that are excited about this. Anybody? Yeah, all right, come on, all right, all right. We're awake today, good, good. Um, so this week, it, it's on how to experience prayer, as in how to actually hear and feel responses from God. Because honestly, I think some of us would say we're unsure if we have ever experienced that before. 
I think some of us would say we wish it would happen more consistently or more often. I think some of us have, have even grown deaf to even hearing God's voice, and we maybe want to jumpstart to that. If that's you, if you fit in one of those categories, I want to tell you that there's this prayer that's hard to do, but could open the dialogue between you and God. And it's not in like some crazy weird way that involves like game boards or anything weird like that, but it's in a way where you just approach God, you speak, experience Him, feel, hear, and have your thoughts point fully to what God desires in a way that, that, that asks God to take a full look at you, to call it your fears, to call it your wrongs, but lead you and challenge you. It seems exciting, right? Like, all right, yeah, that sounds, I'm up for like a prayer like that, especially on Sunday, right? Sunday morning, you're like, yes, Jesus, like, let's, let's pray, like, let's get it, let's go. But I don't know about you, but when I'm here at church, I want all those things, right? Like, yes, all right, let's do this. Let's learn, let's pray, let's do all this stuff. Let's have God lead. Let's be challenged, let's be changed. Yeah, call it my fears, no big deal. Let's do this. But then sometimes, I don't want that at all, right? Like, I don't want to be challenged. I don't want fear. And it, a lot of times, that's usually outside of church, right? Like, outside of the, the 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. slot, I don't really want to change. I don't really want to be led. I don't really want to have my fears called out, right? I mean, that's me. I don't want to deal with those things. Because I like being the boss. I like being ignorant to things sometimes. And I like not changing my ways. Can anybody relate with me on these things? Oh, all right, all right, good, good. Because who actually wants to spend time thinking about their fears, right? Like for me, like, why would I want to think and pray about my fears? Like my fears of failure, of separation from my family, of snakes. Why do I want to think about snakes or spiders and birds and being trapped in a room that smells like mayo? It's gross and it's not fun, right? I, I don't want to do those things. Uh, who wants to pray about having someone else lead, right? Like that sounds, sounds kind of not that fun either. Like I don't want to give up leading. I like being the boss. Anybody else like being the boss? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I'm already fighting my one-year-old on being the boss in our house. I don't wait some 30 years of my life to give away being the boss to my one-year-old. You know, like, I didn't do that. I'm the boss of our schedule. I'm the boss of what we eat. I'm the boss of what we do. You know, so unless she grabs my hand and is like, smiles at me, and then all of a sudden she's the boss, basically. Yeah. And then finally, I like living with ignorance. I like not knowing the wrongs that I'm doing sometimes. It can be so bliss, right? Like, I like being in a nothing box sometimes, not thinking about my wrongs. I like thinking about like, oh, I kind of got it all figured out. I like replaying scenes in my head like of things that mean nothing. Like, if I would have just looked that direction, I could have got that big buck. Or if I would have just like did it this way, I would have made it big. If I would have picked this number, I would have had like so much more. I like brainstorming on random things that don't even matter. Jimmy rigging plans, whatever. I don't want to think about things on how I've wronged people. Addressing fears, giving up leading, and being told what you are doing is wrong does not sound fun to me at all. Can anybody relate with me on this? But what if I told you? What if I told you if you ask for these in prayer, you will receive an answer from God. 
You will receive an answer from God as in you will hear from him on these. It's a different story for me then, right? It's a different story. Of course I'll let the God of the universe tell me these things. Speak to me. And of course more than just on Sunday. Now that's me and, and my openness to things. I want you to think about you. Are you willing to let God, God of the universe, speak to you, to lead you, to change you, and to call out your fears? Well, that's what we're examining today. A prayer and how you can both dialogue with God and expect an answer, but gain it through, through decisions and promptings of changes. This last week, we, uh, we hosted the Global Leadership Summit. You maybe heard from Kip on, on stage here. It was awesome. We had about 30-some people growing together, trying to become a better leader in their homes, at, at church, or at their workplace. It was awesome. You'll have to check it out next year. It, it's a really great seminar. But it spoke a lot on how change has to happen as a leader. It has to happen. You can't be stagnant as a leader. Change has to happen. But many times, changes is going through a process. It's not something you just magically get to skip over. You go through change, not out. You have to go through change, not out. Now, the journey of changing, of trying, of processing, it's inevitable to avoid, but the change is significant and positive on the other side if you work at it. It's the same thing when you're trying to hear and experience prayer with God. You seek an answer from God, and you go through the journey of changing, of trying, of processing, of hearing from God. But the change is significant and positive on the other side if you go through it, if you work at it. So today, we're looking at the specific prayer where you can specifically see that process at work to both apply to maybe all of your prayers that you do with God, or maybe to just spend time focusing on this actual prayer that we're looking at. But I'm going to be as bold to say... And I, said, I stated this in our weekly email. I think this is the boldest thing I've said on stage ever before. But the statement is this. If you earnestly seek God in one of these categories we talk about today, as in you pray for God to reveal him, himself in one of these categories today, you will hear God. You will hear God. You will experience the power of prayer. So today, we're looking at Psalm 139, and in this psalm, uh, it's, it's this time of song, it's a time of worship and prayer, and most scholars think it's David who wrote it. Um, so a little 30-second nerd out on David. Uh, David, he grew up an average normal dude, he had lots of brothers, but he was one that allowed God to speak into his life, and he was chosen as king, to be the next king. You maybe have heard of the story of David and Goliath, but he still, even amidst being chosen, he continued to grow and grow in his relationship with God. He did some amazing things for God through listening to God, yet he also did some not so amazing things for God. He went down a path of adultery. He went down a path of lying and making poor choices. He even like kind of was an accomplice to murder. But even in his mess ups, he still pursues God. He asks for forgiveness and God cleanses him and he helps him move forward. Well, David's relationship with God gets so good, so devoted, that they say that David is this man after God's own heart, meaning he reflects God's heart so well. And David ends up writing a lot of the Psalms. The, it's a book in the Bible. A lot of the Psalms, these, these paragraphs of worship and songs and prayers. And one that we're looking at today is exactly that. It's a time of prayer and a time of worship. 
and it's in a, a situation where David is experiencing persecution from his enemies, and he's calling out to God for direction, which gets us to the psalm that we're looking at of David actually kind of calling out to God. It's actually a really powerful psalm, and I want to read the whole thing for you, um, but it's long, so you got you to hang with me. The stuff we're going to focus on is at the end, but I want you to see if you can relate to some of the things David is doing and how it applies to your prayer life. So here we go. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So David is saying, God, you know me. You've seen me. You're powerful. You're sovereign, which is a church word that means all-powerful. You're overseeing it all. But David's tone changes in this psalm. All of a sudden, he says this. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? You abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. It gets a little intense, right? It was a bit intense, but like I start, if I analyze this, you start seeing his requests, right? As he's questioning, like, I'm feeling this way, God. I'm feeling this way. What do you think about how I'm feeling? And he wraps up with this then. He says, search me, God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's finishing this psalm with what we're gonna focus on today, praying, search me, God, call out my anxieties, call out my offenses, and lead me. Have you ever prayed that before? Again, not the most fun thing to pray, right? Yet it's a prayer that led David to be changed. It's a prayer that gives God the opportunity to speak into our lives. I want to assume God spoke for David. God revealed himself to David. And I think God will for you and I too when we pray this prayer in our own lives. So we're going to look at four key components uh, of this prayer so that we can both learn how God speaks to us in prayer, but also maybe this prayer hits home for you and allows you, God to search you and to move you to a life that's honorable to Him. 
The first is this. It's, it's search my heart. He prays, search my heart. And in Psalm 139, 23, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. We tend to think people have good hearts, right? I, uh, I had a chuckle thinking about this a little bit. Like, you know, like that, when you talk about someone and like all their traits, you'd be like, they're super athletic. They're, they're so fit. They're, they're like such a nice person. Their business is amazing. They, they do this, this, and this. They're so smart. They're just amazing people. But like when you can't think of something for someone, what do you usually say? They got a good heart right? They got a good heart. Now, I'm sorry if that's you, of what people say about you. Uh, maybe that was harsh. I don't know. But, but honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin that for you even now. We as humans, we don't have amazing hearts. We honestly don't have amazing hearts. So sorry to those people that have been told they only have good hearts. Uh, trust me, you have more than that. But if you look at Jeremiah 17:9, it says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I mean, just think. We lie, we deceive, we have ulterior motives at times, we gossip, we're critical, we're judgmental. Well, when you pray that prayer that David wrote, or literally say to God, search me, search me, and you start reflecting and listening in on your life, you start seeing things revealed, right? Search my heart. That's God searching it. When you have things come to mind through the Holy Spirit speaking to you, asking, search me, is saying, God, you are welcome. You are welcome to infiltrate my mind and what's going on inside. For me, uh, I, I grew up going to the church and uh, I started to go to, when I went to college, I started to kind of live this, this double life in a sense. And I remember vividly going through nights of, um, specifically like the Friday and Saturday nights of fist bumping, of techno music, black lights, red solo cups, red bulls, and other things, yes. But anything to live up a night of pretty reckless living, of, of Friday and Saturday nights, to all of a sudden, a Sunday morning of rarely going to church. And the times that I actually did go to church, I pretty much fell asleep, I think, every time. Uh, but, but it would come to the time like, where you'd maybe like, be connecting with people, and, and I, I, could, I could turn it on maybe briefly and be like, hey, how are you? Like, you know, I kind of like sleeping, like trying to keep my eyes open. Hey, how are you? I'm awake. Yeah. You know, like that was me. That was me. And there were times... I'm pretty sure, this is just me like sharing with you, being a little bit vulnerable. I'm pretty sure I slept through the whole service. Yeah, that was me. Um, uh, I had sleeping down in church really well. Uh, I'm going to give you a few tips on how to do it in case that's something you want to do ever. I hope not. First off, sit in the front row. No one can, like, I, the lights, I can't see the person in the front row. I can't see if your eyes are open or not. So if you ever want to sleep, sit in the front row. No, it's not a trick to just to get you in the front row. And the second tip is put your hands on your head and like your head kind of down. It looks like you're intently praying. You know, like, I'll be like, he's really intense right now. He is praying intense. I'm like, wow, whole service. That's good focus. Now, I'm just being silly, but side note, I want you to know, like, I give you props for just showing up. So if you ever do fall asleep, don't, don't take offense. I don't take offense to that. I'm totally happy to provide a space where you just feel comfortable in. Um, but if I ever do see it, I, a lot of times I'm like, I got to be more energetic. I got to do more. So it does, 
encourage me to do more. So, but know that I'd never take offense to that. But for me, when I was going to church and being a Christian was, it was kind of like just this thing, this title I had that I wasn't listening or, or trying to do anything with until I started to just think, where am I with my faith? Where am I? And I kept saying, kind of search me, God. Where am I with my faith? And I, the word fake kept being thrown around inside me. It kept being thrown around in my head, fake. I felt maybe Christianity was fake. Maybe that, like I'm like, oh, is Christianity fake? Is that what it is? I keep hearing this fake thing. And then I realized I'm a fake. I'm a fake. And during this time of trying to figure out, uh, I just kept going and uh, uh, feeling like, should I, should I be a Christian or not? Because I struggled with some of the beliefs. And so I prayed like, God, I, I'm giving you one last chance. And he's like, stop being a fake is what I kept hearing. I kept feeling this inside, and I realized I had to change. I remember having to change things with my friends because I felt like a fake with them. I had to change things with my girlfriend because I felt like a fake as a Christian with her. I, all these different things. I, it was so awkward, but I felt I was a fake. And it came because I said, God, search me. Search my heart. And the prayer brought thoughts and questions, and it just was something that kept popping into my head and my innermost being. And I believe that was God. That was God answering my prayer. And now it's this continual prayer for me. Search me, God. And I experienced the repeats of these things time and time again, which I believe is God kind of giving me numerous things that need to change still to this day. Now that's me. How about you? Have you prayed that before? Search me. Have you given God a time to speak? Have you prayed, search me, God? Have you been ignoring that? The, the, those, that the, those words that come to mind, those statements that come to mind, are you ignoring those things? The second thing we can learn from David's prayer is, uh, he says, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. Uh, if you look at the verse, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. When we pray, test me, God, it's a way of saying, bring me knowledge of my anxious thoughts that I'm aware of and not aware of. Experiencing God in this question will usually give you one of the things that you can discover of, of yourself. You'll, you'll either figure out what your anxious thoughts are, or you'll realize that you are not anxious about something at all. You get one or the other. It tells you what you're anxious of or not so that you know what you need to work on and what you don't. For you, what makes you anxious? What makes you anxious? As silly as my fears were in the beginning, I'm not talking about snakes, spiders, mayo, or birds. We're talking about the internal anxieties and fears. For example, like, are you anxious about the fact that maybe you're not married yet or you're stuck in a bad marriage? Are you anxious about that? Are you anxious uh, because you're not getting the perfect outcome for the life you've planned? Are you anxious because you're not where you want to be in your career? Are you anxious about being rejected, about results, or fearful about a timeline that you had planned but is no longer there? Anxious about failure. The things about anxious thinking is it tells a lot about us because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. For example, if I'm fearful of losing my marriage, I don't trust God to heal it. 
If, if, I'm, if I'm anxious about something happening to my child, I'm not trusting God with my children. If I'm not feeling like I don't have enough, I'm not trusting God as my provider. If I'm nervous about the change timeline, I'm nervous about the fact that God doesn't control my, my timeline, my plans. Have you ever prayed, God, where are my fears and my anxieties to reveal where you need to trust God more? So I've prayed this a lot, and God has revealed a number of things to me. And the first would be that I have way too much anxiety about our Sunday services. Uh, I've had numerous fears and dreams that I show up like, you know, it's like the typical thing, showing up in your underwear to church, and it's like, what am I doing here? You know, like, I'm like nervous about that, and I like freak out about that. Uh, I go through times where like, this is like a very reoccurring one. All of a sudden, it's Sunday, and I don't have a sermon. That is a very real fear of mine, and it's like, I'm up on stage, and I'm like, oh, hi. You know, like, I have nothing to say. That, that's a real fear of mine. Uh, I, I have a fear that my iPad is no longer here, and then I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Uh, I'm also nervous the service won't go as I planned. Yet praying this prayer, praying this prayer in this point, I realized that God has tested me in this. It's revealed, me, revealed to me where my trust is. The trust in the Sunday service is in myself. That's not good. The trust is in myself, not God. So when I prayed this, I realized I gotta change that. This should be God, not me. But it doesn't stop there. Uh, for me, like God has revealed to me when I've prayed, test my anxious thoughts, that I have fears of, of failing of, uh, to grow and lead our church, or I have fears of not getting maybe the deal I intended, or I have fears that I upset people too easily, or that God has revealed I have fears for unnecessary things that uh, all of a sudden like I just start taking all these steps to, because I'm nervous about it, even though God doesn't even want me to take those steps. It's like God literally speaks through my prayers at times by revealing simply what I'm afraid of and anxious of. So where is God telling you that you have anxiety or fears right now? Where are you not trusting him? Do you feel that inside? Can you experience that? The next part of this prayer that we see from David is this. Uncover my sins. Yep, let's go to the next slide. Uncover my sins. Uh, it says in, the, in that verse that we looked at, it says, see if there is any offensive way in me. Offensive way. Uncover my sins. Meaning, God, tell me where I am off. Where am I wrong? Where do I get offensive? This is a prayer that, that God provides thoughts of maybe. Maybe I've had a lot of people like, that have told me this thing, which brings you to wonder, what are people trying to tell me that are more than just one person? What are people trying to tell me that, that I've been offensive to them on? I rely on, or maybe it's for you, it's I rely on this thing way too much, which brings you to wonder, like, what have you irrationalized for something? What have you irrationalized for something, saying, like, I just need this thing. I just have to have this thing. I just can't have to do it this way. Or finally, uh, I get super critical, or where do I get super critical about? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Where do I get super critical about? Like, it brings you to the question, where am I most defensive? For me, one giant shift in my personality uh, in this prayer is, uh, was God revealing my offenses to others? Um, and it's something that kind of recently has been uh, brought to my attention. I, what, I did, what I realized is I started to realize I'm super strategic 
about getting people to like me. I like people to like me, and that I will do anything to the expense of others to get people to like me. A while back, I realized uh, I like to get people to laugh at me and like be like, hi, Aaron, yeah, you're funny, we like you. A lot of it's because like I'm a natural introvert and I'm just awkward in like large groups, so I'll just be like, hey, and I feel like I gotta do something, I gotta do something. So what I would do is I would say a joke to put it on someone else so that I'm the funny one, and it's like, oh yeah, he's fun, he's fun. Like I'd be like, oh, Joe, remember that one time? Like we're in a group of people, Joe, remember that one time like, you know, like you split your pants, like that was hilarious. Tell that story, tell that story. And but like, I'm the one that brings it up to them. Or remember that one time you whiffed in that situation, you totally failed, tell that story. And they'd be like, yeah, Aaron, you're funny. Or I'd say like, did you see that he did? Did you see that? Show us again how, how, how idiotic you look there. Or I'd say things like, I'm definitely not as bad as that. Like that, that's pretty rough that you said that. And I'd undercut people to make myself look better. God revealed to me, I am people-pleasing at the expense of others. And it's offensive. And he revealed it to me. By looking for times, people actually looked hurt by the things I said. When I was in groups, I realized that one person I said the joke about is not laughing with everyone else. And I realized something had to change. There's offensive that's happening. A simple prayer of, of where or what am I offensive of brings awareness of that. So for you, have you prayed that? Have you prayed that before and allowed God to speak to that? Again, for you, what are, what are maybe others trying to tell you? What are others trying to tell you that are more than two that maybe shows where you are offensive? What are you irrationalized for things at times, like uh, that you just feel like, I have to do it this way, that maybe is not true? Where are you most defensive? So, so far we've looked at three parts of this prayer. We've looked at search my heart, We've looked at reveal my fears and uncover my sins. And some of y'all might be like how I talked about in the beginning. This is no fun. This is not that great. I mean, just look at the responses I've shared with you about these three things that I've gotten in my past from God when I prayed these things. I learned I'm a fake. I learned, Aaron, you're too afraid of failing. Aaron, you use people and offend people for your social gain. This is a doom and gloom sermon, right? Thanks for the inspiration, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks, God, for teaching us the prayer this way, right? Yet what God has revealed in my prayers for these three is now when I process them together is I'm concerned what others think of me, that I'm willing to be fake, I'm willing to be anxious, I'm willing to do things that I'm not proud of to make that happen. I am someone who wants praise and affirmation of others. That's where those three things took me. That's where God revealed to me in that prayer. But what that does then is it gives me direction for change. It gives me direction for change. Again, prayer and change is a process, right? You have to go through it. You have to go through it to experience it. It's something you can't just magically skip over. God revealing this is revealing I need change which leads to the last part of our prayer and what I believe gives direction is the outlook. Lead me. Lead me. See if there is any offensive way in me, the scriptures say, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me to what needs to be changed. Lead me on, on how I need to be changed. 
lead me through the change. And if you pray these things, God will answer. Scripture promises it. In Deuteronomy 31.6, there's numerous verses that say this exact line, be strong and courageous. But a lot of it is because do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning God will never leave us or and keep us in a spot that we don't want to be in. Keep us in a spot that he doesn't see best for us. So when you pray this prayer for God to search, reveal your fears, uncover sin, and lead you through, he's going to lead you. But seeing how when you pray this, prayers like this, you can hear and experience God through your head, through your thoughts, through a feeling, through what others maybe have said to you, through what you have control over of in your own thoughts, through a test, through seeing a need for change. That is how God speaks through prayer. That's how God answers. So what do you need to do? What do you need to do to get to change? Is it praying for God to search you? Is it praying for God to reveal your fears? Is it praying for God to uncover your sins? Or is it to bring you to a spot that you want to change and you want his leading? Which one do you need to focus on this week? As I'm getting close to wrapping up here, I'm going to pray in a second that God gives you answers, that you can experience him in prayer in the ways we talked about. And I'm going to pray that he reveals one we need to focus on this week and actually do. But honestly, I really think there might be a person here or two that they're saying, I want this leading. I, I, I'm hearing all these things from God right now. I'm being searched. I want this leading. I'm, uh, things are being uncovered. And a lot of times, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit moving through you. And I want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're feeling that, like, there's all these things I'm hearing, I want you to affirm that and say, God, I hear you. I hear you. And, and say, I want this relationship with you. I want you to, to search me, to guide me, to take me to this next place. So that it's not just this moment that happens here from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Sunday, but it's the start of a relationship. It's the start of a growth or a journey with God. To do that, it's simply you saying in your head and your heart that, that you want a relationship with Jesus. That you want him to continue to search you, to reveal and uncover things, and then to lead you. That you know you're not perfect, but you want God to forgive you and take you in. And he will. If that's you, ask that of God. And you can say that in a prayer with me in a second here. For everyone else, uh, I know that we maybe have one that we want to work on. I'm going to pray for us to, to actually act on that this week. If you want that, uh, that guidance from God, you can pray with me right now as well. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just giving us some example of, of strong prayers, of prayers that bring answers God, I just pray some of us right now, for the first time, are, are experiencing answers from you. God, and we're saying we want more of that. We want you to continue to search us. We want you to continue to direct us. And God, we want you to, to lead us. So God, right now we're saying we want this relationship with you. We want you to lead our life. We want you to continue to give us guidance. And then God, some of us right now, we're, we're saying there's a few things we want to focus on this week. God, help us act on that. Help us pray this prayer so that we can hear from you and actually have our prayers be something that are powerful and meaningful the way Jesus prayed. In your name we pray. Amen.